In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The prevalence of social media in our culture today has brought about a wide growth in two particular vices, envy and unchastity. I'll spare you today a discussion on lust, because while it is a significant vice and one that people are often most embarrassed to confess, envy deserves discussion as well, since it is called one of the deadly sins. People confess sins of envy, gossip, and jealousy all the time, and yet you don't hear a lot of sermons about them. We have a good set of readings today to comment on the sin of gossip, so we should probably take a look at it. But to illustrate a point to you, I want to share with you a story that was sent to me a few years ago by a priest friend of mine. Jean Cardinal Dandelou was one of the 20th century's leading experts on the fathers of the church. He was one of those figures who, before the Second Vatican Council, was considered a very progressive Jesuit with a mission to reform the church. However, after the council, he was one of those voices urging caution and a return to our first principles. This formidable intellectual was one of the guiding lights behind the reiteration of the Church's teaching against contraception in the 1968 document Humanae Vitae. He also vigorously defended the Church's teaching on priestly celibacy, even though his progressive colleagues in academia turned on him for being a traitor. On May 20th, 1974, Cardinal Danielou was found dead in a fifth-floor apartment in Paris owned by a woman who belonged to the oldest profession in the history of the world. So what do we have here with this story? Leading, conservative, intellectual churchman found dead in the home of a woman of the night. Just another in a long series of hypocritical priests to abuse their power, preaching one thing and then doing another, right? The Jesuits launched an investigation and the results were kept silent. It all seemed pretty obvious. Or was it? It was not until 2012 that the truth actually emerged. The woman was caught up in human trafficking. The cardinal took the money from the books that he wrote on theology to bring to her to pay for her daily needs. No judgment, no anger, just charity and mercy. Now, the woman said nothing when Cardinal Danielou died because she was utterly terrified of the consequences that a spotlight on her could bring. The cardinal's progressive colleagues found out that he was actually innocent of the charges volleyed against him by the media, but they still said nothing because the powers that be seemed to be happy, tarnishing the reputation of a man who rejected their agenda. Just a few days before his death, the cardinal wrote the following words in his diary. Jesus, I've come to know that you do not want me to distinguish my sins from the other sins of the world, but to enter more deeply into your heart and consider myself responsible for the sins of those persons whom you may wish. You make me feel, Jesus, that I must descend even lower. Take with me the sins of others, except as a result all of the punishments that these may draw down upon me from your justice, and in a particular way, the disdain of the persons for whom I will offer myself to accept the great debasements of which I am not worthy. 
in order to be ready at least to accept the small ones. Then, Jesus, my charity will resemble that with which you have loved me. His brother, an apostate to Hinduism, wrote these words of the cardinal. He tried to help prisoners, criminals, troubled young people, women of the night. I deeply admired this ending of life similar to that of the martyrs, whose fragrance rises to heaven amid the opprobrium and sarcasm of the world. He died as true saints die, in suspicion, in mockery, in the disdain of a spiteful and vile society. Spiteful and vile. These words aptly describe much of the current climate of the world in which we live. We lack the humility to see, to accept, and change the darkness that many of us do not want to admit that we still carry within ourselves as a result of sin. And so we point out the splinter in our brother's eye instead of the beam in our own. We don't think twice about why we're so eager to mention other people's names in conversation, to dissect their every action, to assume their motivations and broadcast the findings of what we think is clear-cut evidence to anyone and everyone who will listen to us. Then, if even someone hints at the fact that we're being a little more than a gossip, we lash out, how dare you? We start dividing people against each other as slander and rash judgment become our daily bread. Our Lord, in St. Matthew's Gospel, gives us a method by which we are meant to address the sins of others. He does not say, when you see your brother sin, go and tell all that you can that he is a sinner. No, the first course of action that he gives us is to address the issue directly to our brother in secret. And if that fails, to bring with you another person whom you may trust in secret. But our first option is usually to move to gossip, as if informing the public of the mistakes of others somehow makes them worse than us. We immediately move to judgment and to suspicion of others. We form stories in our heads of why we're acting that way, why they are choosing that path, why they are really bad people. St. Francis de Sales, in his introduction to the devout life, writes, Noah got drunk once, and Lot twice. Yet neither one of them was a drunkard. Because St. Peter shed blood does not mean that he was a bloodthirsty man, nor was he blasphemous because he once blasphemed. Even if a man may have been addicted to vice for a long time, we are in danger of falsehood if we call him a vicious man since God's goodness is so immense that a single moment suffices for us to ask for and receive his grace, what certainty can we have that a man who yesterday was a sinner is such today? It is only the last day that judges all days. We must never draw conclusions from yesterday to today, nor from today to yesterday, and still less to tomorrow. St. Francis of Sales will point out that, thank God, people can change. Grace 
can totally transform the life of another person. Don't dangle people's sins over them. It's one thing to speak out against evil, but are we doing it to the person involved with a view of helping them? Or do we have some desire for revenge? Or could it be that we're simply a gossip and we like spreading information to people that they don't already have? We need to be honest with ourselves. When the name of another person passes our lips, why are you doing that? What are you doing when you do that? We should remember that slander comes under the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill. It's a form of murder. St. Bernard of Clairvaux preaches, the one who slanders and the one who listens to the slanderer have the devil in their company. Consider that the next time the banter of the break room veers into the territory or conversation with a close friend casually slides into the latest juicy gossip about so-and-so. It's a sober thing to think that the same Satan who tempted our Lord Christ in the desert is hanging out by the water cooler as well. We must avoid pretending that we're being helpful by repeating gossip. St. Francis de Sales teaches, he who draws a bow draws the arrow as close as he can to himself, but it is only to let it fly more forcibly. And so such slanderers appear to be withholding their evil speaking, but it is only to let it fly with surer aim and to go deeper into the listener's mind. As Christians, we have a duty to speak the truth in love, but we also have to make sure that we do so out of true charity. We need to be wise enough to realize that some people just want to pull us into their drama and they have their own agenda in doing so. To preserve our spiritual peace and our freedom, do not take the bait of rash judgment and slander because what's on the other end of that line is not a friend. It's not a loved one. It's Satan. We have a duty to one another. That was the point of the homily I gave you last week. And as our Lord teaches today, that duty sometimes requires us to charitably and to discreetly make another aware of the error of their ways. But discretion is the key. Make no mistake, helping others towards holiness is a duty of ours, especially towards our friends and our loved ones. As the prophet Ezekiel explains, if I tell the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade the envy of the, the wicked from his way, then the wicked will die for his guilt. But I will hold you responsible for his death. If we continue to gossip about the sins of others and then do nothing to help them, then we are responsible for their sins as well. And we could be responsible for the death of their soul. Which is why we in the church understand the sin of gossip to be a form of murder. Instead, today, the Lord tells us to love one another. Love does not do evil to our neighbor. Hence, love is the fulfillment of the law. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.